Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. We had two episodes off, but now we are back. This is episode 134. What's up, B Pimp? I'm so happy to be back, and especially 134, we've got the great, one of my favorite players ever to watch, Hakeem Olajuwon, number 34. That is a great one, Hakeem Olajuwon, Hakeem the Dream. Snuck in two championships while Michael Jordan was retired. Those were supposed to be the Sonics championships, but they just couldn't pull it together. Yeah, they weren't the chosen one of David Stern, I guess. No. Well, okay. Here, here are my complaints, and I'll be real quick about it. Complaint one was in Michael Jordan's third, 1993 third championship against the Phoenix Suns. People go look up the Western Conference Finals. Game seven, Phoenix Suns, Seattle Sonics. Tell me how many free throw attempts the Phoenix Suns got in that game. Over 50. It's crazy. So obviously they wanted Charles Barkley to go against uh, Michael Jordan in that finals. And then the next year, no fault of any ref or anything, but the Sonics, heartbreaking. This is the most heartbroken I've ever been in sports ever lost as the number one seed to the Denver Nuggets, who were the eighth seed in the first round of the playoffs. Dikembe. Yeah. Everybody's, uh, everybody in Seattle of a certain age has that image of Dikembe Mutombo clutching the basketball on the floor, the happiest he's probably ever been. Uh, but yeah, tough stuff. I'm trying to get to the, to the game to see what the actual – I don't think I could do it fast enough. Ooh. Oh, yeah, okay. So the Supersonics, 28 of 36 – Phoenix, wait a minute. Yeah, 57 of 64. 64 free throw attempts. That's insane. 64 free throw attempts. If you're given that many free throw attempts, you cannot lose. That, yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. I know, I know, I agree with you on this theory, by the way. I just never looked at the actual numbers. It's staggering. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but I'm happy to be back. I, I missed our, it was the first time we had. Missed episodes, really? I mean, yeah, I, I think. Okay, we took we took a brief hiatus in the fall of 2018, I think, when Maggie and I were traveling. Oh, that's right. And then when my first kid was born, we banked them. We we banked a few, and I think I would have done that again this time, except that Maggie went into like early labor, but then we didn't have a kid, and then our dog got really sick, and it was just just a whole yeah. Mess. But yeah. though we are minus a dog, <laughs> I know <laughs> we do have another kid, healthy baby boy, Malcolm doing great. Two weeks Hooray. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so all that is going well. And, uh, but we, we had to get back, back on Mike. Yeah. The people are, are, are concerned. They are. And it's the middle of the NBA playoffs. And I just, we can't, we can't go another day without getting some hot takes out there. Our, uh, as you called them, our ruminations. Yes. So that's what we're going to have. My spell check doesn't even like the word rumination. Doesn't think it can be pluralized, but it totally can be. So I, I don't know what the what my iPhone is telling me. Ruminations on the play. Yeah, we we. It's just it's been such a hot hot NBA playoff action has been going on, and I feel yeah. like we need to comment on it. Definitely. The games have been good. I will say that. Um, but so we'll be talking our top five uh, NBA ruminations. That'll be our, our top five list. Before we get to that, though, uh, 
it is the whiskey sessions. I had to ask you ahead of recording whose turn it even was to do the whiskey. That's how long it's been. Turns out it's my turn, uh, which good for me. Yes, lucky the leadoff hitter. Yeah, I actually had two whiskeys to choose from. I don't usually have uh, options, uh, but this time I do. The one I'm going with uh, for this podcast is it's called Minor Case. Uh, it is a straight rye whiskey with a sherry cask finish. Uh, 45% alcohol by volume, and it's bottled by the Limestone Branch Distillery Company in Lebanon, Kentucky. Ooh, Lebanon, Kentucky. So there you go. I haven't tested it yet. Uh, anything else that we should know about it? Uh, it is made according to Minor Case Beam's motto, craft only the finest whiskey. That's a pretty generic motto. I'm going to be honest with them. <laughs> it's oh. better than Southern Comfort's motto, which is make everybody puke. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? They live up to their motto. I'll give they them do, that. at least truth in advertising. I'll give them that. Uh, all right. I, uh, I put this uh, uh, on the rocks in my fancy whiskey tasting glass, uh, giving it a quick smell test. Smells pretty good. I, I'll be honest, I haven't even had a whiskey on the rocks in a long time. So uh, we'll see how this goes. First sip. Yeah, it's got a nice caramely color to it, it looks like. It does have a nice caramely color to it. The taste, uh, what I'm detecting on the first sip is not, it, it has a little front-facing spice, but not quite as much as I would expect with the rye. Mm -hmm. um, it is like sitting on my palate, though, and like, kind of getting spicier and spicier. It has, in addition to the caramel color, I would say it, it has notes of caramel. I don't know. It doesn't say that anywhere on the bottle, but that's kind of like what I'm detecting. Uh, and I like it. It's, it's, it's a pretty even taste. Um, I'm getting just like a mild burn. It's not, it's not going in a direction I don't like, though. Uh, so... I'm going to sit with it a second. I, I feel like in the past, I've made the mistakes of following my second sip too close to my first sip. So I'm going to do a palate cleanse of Fort Point KSA, which is one of my favorite beers from the San Francisco area. I got to try that. I'm, I'm a big fan of Kolsch and KSAs now. Yeah, um, it's a good one. It, it's like my go-to beer for sure. And uh, yeah, you and Lisa are due for coming out. I've heard COVID is over. Or at least I'm recognizing it as over. That's so out. the way they're treating it is like magically it's over. So yeah, Apparently, I'm definitely yeah. done caring. Um, I know. I, I feel like people <laughs> I know <laughs> have gotten it more than ever. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the way they're talking about it, it's like, we don't even need to wear clothes while we travel anymore. It's just like, everybody's yeah. so safe. It's like, you, you don't even have to do anything. No. Uh, nudist airlines. They require you to cough in everyone's face as soon as you enter the room, which I'm like, come on. I, it's replaced. I don't, I don't remember doing that before COVID. It's replaced shaking hands. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give it the second sip. Ooh, this old good old second sip. It always feels like the second sip burns a little bit more to me, but I do like that. It's uh yeah, it's just sitting real evenly and it's got like a, I mentioned the caramel, just like a little bit of a syrupy thickness to it uh, and body, which honestly it works for me. I, I kind of didn't expect it as much with the lighter color. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it might be a little bit thinner, but it's not. That's good it's for like, rye. Yeah. No, that's pretty nice. Uh, I'll give it that third sip, but I, I think I know which way this is going. Third sip, it's a quality seal of approval. Mm-hmm. Or not necessarily approval, but you know you know that we, we take it seriously. Yes. I, uh, I sip whiskey like I vote. Three times. <laughs> Early and often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I vote in Washington, I vote in Illinois, and I vote in California. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I'll, I'll put this on the smooth train. I like it. Minor case. Hey. Uh, from Limestone Branch Distillery. They're straight rye whiskey. Go ahead and get it. Uh, I'm going to have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I hadn't seen it until a couple of weeks ago. And I, you know, definitely keep my eye out. My, you know, I'll, I'll admit I do a lot of my whiskey shopping just at my grocery store, which has like a decent um, selection. But at this point, I am. I've had a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, but this was a new one that showed up. They are cycling out new ones every so often. And yeah, it's a winner. All right. I always love it when a rye gets on the, on the smooth train. Yeah. And I'm trying to try a few more ryes and uh, just, I might be uh, consciously or not, like not doing as many scotches. I think I just am not as much into scotch. Right. That's a, I came to that realization quite a while. You'll notice I don't think I've ever reviewed a scotch. Yeah. I'm just like, as soon as I see them, I'm like, nope, where's the bourbon rye? You know, I don't like being that way. I, I guess at some point I probably should try another one to see what I think now that I've drank more whiskeys. But yeah, well, and a, a few new Japanese whiskeys have shown up at my store too. And I know those are the most similar to scotches. Mm-hmm. But I think I find they're not quite as smoky. So I'm yeah. going to do a couple more Japanese whiskeys too, I think. That's a good idea. Um, all right. Let's talk about the NBA. What Before we even dive into the top five list, like what are the things that have just caught your attention now that we're about, about halfway through the playoffs? They've been physical as hell. Right? Yeah. It's they're like, is this? Out it, they are. It seems like everybody, I think I saw John Hollinger wrote an article. It was like, Every, this year's playoffs, everybody hates each other, including the refs. <laughs> like, and it's okay. <laughs> I kind of like it though. Yeah, there, there's some like, I find what I'm watching with Maggie, and we're kind of half watching. I've caught myself saying this almost every game. Wow, it's really getting chippy. And there's, like, they're all getting that way. Yeah. The only, the only downside to that, which I didn't include in, in my list, but it's something I've noticed, is just like. The, fish, the officiating has seemed a little uneven to me. There's like some series where it's a little bit better, but then I feel like some games they just decide we're going to call every foul. And then other games they're like, we're not going to call a foul for the whole half. And it just seems like, you know, I don't know. It seems to be all over the place. I agree. I think one of the toughest things is that what's been really physical is like, you'll get these back town plays, probably like maybe Giannis is somebody that does this the most, where he backs down really hard in to his defender. The yeah. Defender might fall, like kind of flop. That kind of thing could happen almost every play. And that is called with like no consistency. Like, is yeah. It a blocking foul? Is it a charge? Is it a no call? I think a lot of times those should be no calls. Um, if the defender decides to flop and fall down, just keep going. Right. Um, That's like a penalty that they have to like get a fast break. Yeah. There's like no consistency with that. Like, like, at what, at what degree can you lower your shoulder into a defender? There's I, thought it, yeah. 
I thought that was supposed to be like as soon as you lead with your shoulder, it was supposed to be an offensive foul. But yeah, I don't know. Apparently, it um, and then officiating yeah, along with a kind of roughness is there have been like a few injuries as well. Heartbreaking to me, at least in uh, the Bay Area, has been Gary Payton the second. Yeah, that was but that was just terrible. Yeah, the way he landed. It was really unfortunate. I mean, it was like a, a a malicious play. Although I don't think it's not like he meant to break his elbow. It was reckless. It was, funny. Yeah. It was yeah. He was. You could tell he was mad. I think he had just missed an old, like a wide open three, and he was. I mean, Dylan Brooks plays hard. I, he does go to the edge of like what I consider. Sometimes I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. He fouls out all the time because he just plays like a football player. Like yeah. I mean. No, I, uh, I think that was reckless, though, because he clearly was running on, on like, two full speed, and he knew he was up in the air, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, and I was just, like, right across the head. There was no way he wouldn't fall in a funny way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's unfortunate, because I really like Gary Payton II a lot. Yeah. Um, and he's worked so hard to, like, get to where he's at. He's not really that young. Um. I think he's like 28 or something like that. Yeah, no, he bounced around like G League, right? Like, kind of worked his way up. And then he was starting. He started that game. Yeah, he's been awesome for the Warriors. So mm-hmm. I guess my hope for him, I, I don't know why I care that much because I'm, I'm sure he's set either way. But like, I hope it just like, I think he was due for a pretty good payday. And I hope this doesn't like affect it too much. No, I think. I think, I mean, didn't they say, like, there's even a possibility if the Warriors make, like, a really deep run, he could potentially come back, like, at the tail end of the finals or something? Like Maybe. I think, I thought it was, like, five weeks or something like that. So, I think that's possible as long as the NBA playoffs are. Yeah. Especially the way these series have been going. They're, like, they're not, there's not as many blowouts in this round. Like, no, a lot of even series. The best part about the second round has been, yeah, no sweeps. They're, they've all been competitive. Yeah. Which is awesome. Anything else you want to add before we jump into our top five ruminations? Should Let's we go. Let's get into right. it. Without further ado, then, these are our top five ruminations for the NBA playoffs. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, BPM, what's your number five? My number five is it's kind of a Bulls one. So I think they made a lot of progress, but they definitely had the people that were injured, they could not survive. Like they did not really compete with the bucks. So I think Lonzo ball is it's shown like how important he is. And then also it made me question like, is Vucevic going to be a long-term piece with this roster? Because it seems like he was so inconsistent with his shot. And if he's not making those like wide open threes, it's not, he doesn't bring enough on defense or like doing anything else to, to justify. Totally on board with what you're saying there. I think they really mm-hmm. did miss Lonzo ball. It's, it's they had such a successful season it's unfortunate that it just kind of like peter out that way yeah um i'm glad they like fully made the playoffs at least yeah um unlike like cleveland who had a good season and then just kind of like sputtered out completely at the end right Uh, but yeah i agree with you with Pooch for sure if he if he's not going to be like a dead-eye shooter he's not he's not good enough no. There's something about him that's like not killer instinct enough for the playoffs. Yeah. He definitely like I do think I don't think they're just gonna get rid of him. Like I heard I forget who it is. There's another center. Maybe Valanchunas. Did he sign like a two year extension? Valanchunas? Yeah. Uh I don't know what his contract is. 
there's somebody that they mention as a confirm where the Bulls might try to get him on like a two year deal where it's like higher salary, but they're not committing long term because they don't want to like I think he's too valuable to just be like ah, we're just gonna like trade him for parts or something but it's 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 I don't know I don't know how he fits I mean maybe we got to give it another year and see like if Caruso and and Ball and Patrick Williams like are healthy for a full season and they gel like what happens but yeah. I don't know definitely positive progress and like exciting to see what they do coming back totally. this year they were just fun to follow this yeah year. Yeah, fun to watch. Um, all right, my number five is okay. This is uh, not specific to a team, but tell me if you agree. Maggie totally agrees. Have you noticed? And this is—I don't even know if this has been all year or what. If I haven't been paying attention, but most teams, the whole coaching staff has these matching sweatsuits. Yeah, that looks stupid. Yeah, <laughs> they look like they're all in a cult together, or. I don't know, but and like coaching staffs tend to be like eight or ten guys. Like they're all dressed the exact same. It's so weird. Yeah, I think that was within the last couple of years they they changed the dress code. I think it was when the bubble happened. Yeah, was that last year or two years ago? Two years ago. I, I think it's, yeah. it, it feels so pronounced now. And I just, I gotta say, I don't mean to be like overly formal, but go back to the suit if this is the alternative. Yeah. Or let them just pick whatever team gear they want to wear so it doesn't look like, like you said, like the Marshall Applewhite is leading them. <laughs> yeah, it is. Leading them into the so Heaven's Gate or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. What's your number four? Uh, my number four is the Pelicans could be very scary very soon. Ooh, I like this one. They had no Zion. They traded for CJ McCollum, which looks awesome now because he fits in perfectly. He kind of had a weird ending. He didn't really play well in the last couple of games when they got eliminated. But I love, I just love a lot of the, a lot of that team they put together, which I'm shocked by because I was like prior to the season and questioning how long their leadership would last because it seemed like they were doing weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I like Willie Green as a coach. I Brandon Ingram was like on fire. He was like unguardable at stretches. Yeah, he's looking good. Yeah, I really like their their team. No, I do too. I kind of wish, I mean, I like the Bulls having Lonzo. But in retrospect, it's like, boy, you should have held on to Lonzo. He would have been like the perfect fifth piece to that. Yeah. But now they, and then of course, yeah, if if Zion, you know, comes back at the start of next season, I'm a big, of course, a big fan of Alan Junis. Uh, what I've done, I have uh, NBA 2K22, and I feel bad because I like the city of New Orleans a lot. But what I did is I I relocated the New Orleans Pelicans to Seattle to make them the Supersonics again. And I did a few trades, but I held on to Zion and I held on to Valanciunas. And it's a great team. Valanciunas impressed me because he got... He looked bad and like, I don't remember if it was the first game of that series, like Aiton just like put a clinic on and then he came back and was intense the rest of that series. Like he was getting a lot of offensive rebounds and just like really, he has some limitations with like foot speed and like agility, but he's, he was using his, what he can do. He was like doing it to the, to the max. Yeah. He does have like a pretty solid offensive, like post game toolbox where I yeah. have seen him like really take it to opposing centers. Mm-hmm. I remember he had a series probably three years ago at this point where he just schooled Whiteside. And then I think they both got injured. But, um, yeah, he, he can be really effective. 
Yeah, he was impressive. Uh, all right, my number four, and I noticed this. This is going back to the first round of the Grizzlies versus uh, the Timberwolves. But, and I feel bad for him, but like, to me, it looks like Carl Anthony Towns does not want to play basketball. Really? I watched, I watched him almost exclusively the last game of that series for about the last four to six minutes. His body language was horrible. His decision, I mean, he looked like he just didn't want to be out there. He didn't want to be part of any play. He has no killer instinct. And I feel like I'm just like bashing him, but I, I'm also just like, I don't know. Like he, he cannot be your best player on a good team. He took a couple threes in that stretch that were like, he just couldn't wait to get the ball out of his hands and didn't care what happened with it. Like it yeah. just looked like he launched it. It was like, whatever. <laughs> he launched like a 30 foot three pointer. Yeah. And I was watching it too. Cause you told me that before I like, I watched the game and was paying attention. And I see exactly what you were talking about. It was so odd. And like, I, even with that last game and they had three games, the Timberwolves did in the series where they coughed up large leads. Yeah. And I had no doubt in my mind that the Grizzlies, even when the Timberwolves were up eight or 10 points, that the Grizzlies would end up winning the game. And it had to do with the fact that like Ja has got like a, definitely a killer instinct and Carl Anthony Towns just doesn't. Well, I guess the only good news I would have is I don't think he'll be the best player. I think Anthony Edwards will. So maybe that helps. I like Anthony Edwards a lot too. Yeah. yeah. He, he goes for He's it. got the swagger that you need, I think. He definitely does. But yeah, that was like one of the most, it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen from like an NBA star or superstar or whatever you would call him. Do you have a theory about like, do you think his head's not in it or something? Because that would be strange because he, at times he's dominant. Right. I, and I mean, I think he's so talented too. Um, it felt to me like his head was not in it or like, or like the moment was too big for him or something. Maybe, you know, I mean, cause there were moments with like, it reminded me of like the way LeBron inexplicably played. And like, I think it was the 2010 or 11 finals. So the first finals with the heat where he just mm-hmm. sucked and it was yeah. like, kind of weird. Like he just didn't seem like he just didn't want to be there. Right. Um, and because I know Carl Anthony Towns has had other good games. Like I, I remember, I think it was three years ago when um, there had to be a, a, a one game plan between him and the Nuggets and Jokic. Uh, and Jokic wasn't quite as good as he is now, but like he played, he outplayed Jokic to get that yeah. final seed in, like in a really big game. But he just like wilted in these playoffs, and in the biggest moment in the the last quarter, he was just like awful. Yeah, it was tough to watch that the way that yeah. game finished. D'Angelo Russell kind of disappeared too. Yeah, but like I don't, I don't know that I expect the same level out of him. But yeah, right. he's still yeah. like he they they were playing um, Jordan McLaughlin, which no offense to him, he he, he played well, but. Really? I mean, like, he's getting the last... He's getting your elimination game point guard minutes over D'Angelo Russell. Like, that's a bad sign. Yeah. No, definitely it is. It was, it was a weird moment. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I had to, like, call that one out. Not that I want to be so negative on this list, but it was, it was one no, of the right. things I noticed the most out of these playoffs. That was spot on. All right, what's your three? Speaking of the 
the team they lost to, the Grizzlies. I hope I'm wrong, but it seems like John Morant might be on a similar path that Derrick Rose was with how he plays to me. Ooh. He hits the ground way too much, and he's out of control. He's am- he's amazing to watch. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. he just – he'll just jump and doesn't know what he's going to do, and he'll, sometimes he gets annihilated. <laughs> yeah, I – I wish I could like disagree with you, but I just like, I see all the same signs. Yeah. Hits the deck a lot, like out of this world athleticism. He might be more athletic than Derek Rose, which is crazy because Derek yes. Rose is so athletic. I think he, I think he is. Yeah. Maggie, this is like a week ago. Maybe he had just a sweet dunk uh, toward the end of a quarter or something like that. And even Maggie was, who was half watching the game. was like, wow, that was great. You got to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he makes plays that are not only that, but he does that. He does it, and somebody else I was noticing does this really well. Oh, Luca! They hang in the air so long and get shots off that you think like they're going to either travel or get like rejected, and they make mm-hmm. them, like these weird bank shots. It's like a really cool skill. No, he's great, but I, I, I could very much see that being his future. Yeah, unless he, I, some whoever was announcing, um, somebody was. I think it was Jim Jackson was like was like imploring him like as an announcer while the game was going on, he was talking about, he's like, you got, he's like, you can't hit the floor that often. Like you're not going to make yourself money. <laughs> like it looks great in the moment. And I get it like competitiveness too. Cause you can tell he is really yeah. intense, but it's just, it's too much. That's tough. Uh, no, great. Number three, my number three is I'm saying it now Warriors are going to the finals. Whoo. Nice. I, uh, I like this Warriors team. I like that they, they come back with a little bit of edge, you know, that they've got like Poole and another like almost dead-eye shooter. Uh, Draymond, like, of course, doing just watching him orchestrate on both offense and defense uh, mm-hmm. has been just amazing. Uh, you even get like those flashes of aggressiveness from Andrew Wiggins, uh, yep. the inexplicable all-star starter. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got Otto Porter, automatic. Yeah, exactly. And of course, unfortunate that GP two uh, is is injured. But I, I really like this Warriors team, and I I just don't, you know, Phoenix feels pretty vulnerable to me. Yeah. So I, I like them. I think they're going to the finals. I love it. All right. What uh, is your number two? My number two is Chris Paul. I think I've talked about it before on this podcast. My just, I cannot stand Chris Paul. And I think Devin Booker is rivaling him as like my most annoying player. So I'm just like the Suns annoy the hell out of me. That's my number two. Yeah. I uh, no, you're so right with this. Although I, not to be contrarian some, for some reason, maybe as I'm just getting older, but watching Chris Paul, there are some plays where I'm just like, good for you. He had a play. <laughs> where Brunson was going down the court. He essentially somehow grabbed Brunson and then fell backwards, like after he grabbed him and an offensive foul was called on Brunson. I could not believe it. It was the weirdest, goofiest, shittiest play. But it was like a moment where I'm like, okay, that was crafty, terrible for basketball. But it was, yeah. (laughs) I appreciate that you went for that. I do have, I still have respect for, I mean, he shot, he had a perfect game shooting to eliminate the Pelicans. Respect. That was crazy. He's perfect shooting game. Yeah. I can't, 
can't take anything away from him as a basketball player. He just is the, to me, it's a worse combination of he's like the guy who starts the fight, gets away with it, gets the other person kicked out of the game. And then under, and then like low key brags about it. The rest of the game drives me nuts. Devin Booker is just as bad. I'm like, get out of here. And then Jay Crowder is just like Jay Crowder. I kind of like more. Cause he just, he doesn't do the same kind of stuff. That's as annoying. He's just like kind of intense. It yeah. makes the most out of his skills, but I don't know. I'm really, really uh, rooting for the for anybody but the Suns to make it to the finals. Yeah, I don't want the Suns to win. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I just and I love Luca. So let's go, Luca. Yeah, it's uh, Chris Paul though. Like I will say, he has not missed a mid range jumper in probably a year. Yeah, he's just you can tell by certain, on certain shots where he releases it from. I'm like, oh, that's him. Yeah, he's automatic. Uh, all right, my number two. Uh, this is going again back to the first round, but I'm just going to say Kyrie Irving is the most overrated player in the league. <laughs> Not that he played so awful, but I, he's just, he's one of those players that it seems like the other players in the NBA think he is just like awesome. Yeah. And I guess from a skills perspective, he is good. Like, I mean, he, he has plays where he breaks people's ankles. Uh, but I just, stepping back, I don't see why not everybody understands, like, he's just not a winner. Like, yeah. people complain that he wasn't in the top 75 list. I think it would be fucking ridiculous if he was in the top 75 list. Yeah, I agree. I And I don't want to, like, get so hung up on the fact that he, like, refused to get the COVID vaccination and that stopped him from playing like half the games, but Mm -hmm. he just like, he's injured all the time when he's not injured. Like with that example, he's just like shooting himself in the foot. Yeah. Like they've had all the opportunities. The nets should have been something and they just weren't. I I don't know. I like, ugh. When they got eliminated, he made a comment like they asked him about if he'd stay there, which is pointless because he lied about re-upping with Boston, which don't get me wrong. It's his right to play the market how he sees fit to get his value. But like he has a track record of you can't really trust what he says about his intentions. And then he basically made a comment like he is on the same level as like the owner. Like, yeah, me and Kevin, the owner, are going to have to make all these decisions about it. It's like, dude, you guys just flamed out horrifically. Yeah. In the playoffs, the Celtics are good, but like they didn't even like that was not even that close. No, also in game one of that series, Kyrie like like interacting with the fans and like flicking them off and stuff. Yeah, he, he tries so hard to be this like super cerebral, smart player, and he's like he's not a fucking moron. He's the leader he, of the he, flat earth society. Yeah, he seems so stupid. Yeah. In that series too, I he, I hate Kyrie Irving probably more than any other player in the NBA. Honestly, even even more than Chris Paul, or he's your yeah. Chris Paul. Chris Paul's <laughs> like super smart, and I know yeah, he like, is. like watching him is very annoying on some ways. But like you know, he knows what he's doing, um, and I think he's crafty at it. Kyrie feels like I, I don't know. Yeah, like. Chris Paul, I probably wouldn't hate to get a drink with. I think Kyrie, I would hate to get a drink with. Yeah, I, I think neither of them. I think I would be like, can you get JaVale McGee or something? Like somebody <laughs> else just. Oh, man, the way he pickpocketed Luca and took it coast to coast. That was, was great. Awesome. 
Yeah, I love big men. There was another fast break in the game I was just watching. It was too. Oh, uh, Davis Bertans and Max Akleba, the Mavs. They did a like a perfect two on one fast break. I was like, look at this. Look at the NBA. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's your number one? Um, I had to play coy because I'm my number one is the Warriors are going to win the finals this year. Holy shit. Yeah, I took it a step further. Wow. I uh, I didn't quite have the nerve to do it, although I don't know who in the East would beat them. I guess, yeah, I don't know who in the East would beat them, really. Well, they, I think a lot of the teams left could, I could buy it, that they would win. Like, yeah. depending on Mark, Marcus Smart's health and, like, if, you know, and Embiid, like, there's been a lot of injuries. But I just feel like the Warriors have the, have that, even with the unfortunate injury, because, like, Gary Payton, too, was playing a very key role for them. But I think they have enough depth, and they just feel like, like Clay Thompson had a had a rough game too, I think it was, but he's been like shooting really well, mm-hmm. and like they just seem to have kind of like the right thing going. Yeah, I think they're clicking at the right time. I uh, I will all co-sign on that one. Uh, my number one is actually that um, I think replay reviews should cease to exist. Wow. Yeah, and I I know there's been complaints about the officiating. Sometimes I think the officiating is bad because they know they will review something. Yeah. I almost feel like that's a crutch to, to make it okay to make the wrong call. I would get rid of all of it. I mean, for one, like it hasn't been as bad this year as it was actually in a couple of games last year, but uh, like it going to the replay for every out of bounds, just like kills the flow of the game. Yeah. And another thing that came up in a game last year, and I can't remember exactly what game it was, but it's uh, it was almost like a glitch in the system that if you look closely, uh, if you are dribbling the basketball and somebody knocks it out of your hand out of bounds, in reality, it's likely the dribbler who touched it last. It just mm-hmm. is how it works, mm-hmm. and it it sort of it almost made you realize like oh shit. Because obviously it's the other guy that really knocked it out, but he's not quite the last person who touched it, but it should be out on him. Yeah. It's almost like against the spirit of the game. I don't, I just don't like the replay reviews anymore. I, I, I tend to agree with you, but then the thing that sticks out to me, maybe this is just, maybe this is like, we're over inflating the importance of it because we have it right now, but there's certain plays where like, if it's got, if it's missed, it makes it so, demoralizing to have watched this whole game and like they just blew this obvious bad call that to not have a have a mechanism to like overturn that seems like i don't know like a bummer to me but but then how many of those are there and how much is it like let's go like split hairs about if if somebody like hit a guy in the head on accident and barely touched him and now we're gonna give him a flagrant one because he like barely touched his head like that seems like what we've had most of these playoffs yeah it's been just I just don't want to watch the refs at the scorer's table like hemming and hawing for minutes at a time anymore. But then we lose Zach Zarba's awesome yeah. camera shots where he explains stuff. Good point. Um, all right. What are some of your honorable mentions? I'll go quick. I just had a couple. One was um, I have announcer thoughts always, and I just I love Doris Burke's work as an analyst. I think she's great, and I hope she takes over if Mark Jackson leaves. 
um, to coach. And then I also like Spiroditas and Grant Hill. They've been good this year. And I don't like Reggie Miller. And my other one is DePaul pride because in the Sixers heat series, we've got Paul Reed on the Sixers and Max Strews on the heat or DePaul. Alumni. Yeah. Uh, I will say though, him taking uh, and other players too, like Duncan Robinson to like, doesn't play anymore. Yeah. I saw him play the last minute of a blowout and, he looked so dejected. <laughs> yeah, he's got. He lost his. He lost his rotation spot to Oladipo. Uh, like six people that weren't playing. Yeah. Like, he's like falling out of favor because his defense. I think. Yeah. No, I uh, agree on our call. I my one take is I don't actually like Spiro. I like Spiro. He sounds like Mark Berman to me. A little. Who's bit. Mark Berman? Wait, uh, Chris Berman. Oh, Chris Berman. Yeah. Okay. Which is well, that a would be annoying. rough of a voice for basketball to me. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I think our announcer is very is a very subjective. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, great ones there. Um, I would say this isn't just a playoffs thing, but it, a realization that they just need to get rid of this in basketball. Take fouls, like they gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Morant, future super duper star. Mm-hmm. Again, hopefully, doesn't get Derrick Rose syndrome. Um, Harden has very easily lost a step. Uh, <laughs> I just noticed that when playing, it just moves so slow. Yeah, he does. Um, he still can. He'll still put you in a blunder from here from time to time. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like if I had a guard, I might get destroyed. But like uh, another thing, as good as Luca is, he gets exploited on defense. That was one. Yeah. Thing. The Suns, uh, both Paul and Booker, have like taking it to him on switches yeah that's uh, true that he's got to figure that out because uh, i feel like they scored a thousand points when that happened yeah uh, and the last one is don't you just miss the supersonics yeah yeah that's still anytime i, I see any any time i see the logo or like think about players for the team i'm like this is stupid and i wasn't even like you're the actual growing up fan of the team i just am like a a late uh, you know, I glommed onto it later, but I still, I'm like, it sucks. It's they should be in the league. The Thunder had one of the lowest attendance in the suit in the in the NBA this season. I think they were the, the second per- or third lowest. Perpetually tanking Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, all right, if you have any NBA hot takes, ruminations that you'd like to let us know about, go ahead and hit us up. Uh, our Twitter is at Whiskey Sessions. Uh, and our email is whiskey sessions music at gmail.com, and we'll read your email on a future episode. But we got to get your emails for this episode. So these are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails, and now we'll read them. All right, B Pimp, what do you got in the old email inbox? Dear Whiskey Sessions, I've been having a really strange sense of deja vu listening to your last handful of episodes. Has anyone else noticed this? Sincerely confused in Culver City. Well, the. I hate, I hate to break it to them. They were reruns. Yeah, I thought I made it clear with my with my brand, my genius branding of it was good yeah. branding. Yeah, we dipped into the cask or the 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 reserves, you know, barrel aged episodes. But yeah, that's what happened. These are these were episodes you've heard way in the past. Mm-hmm. I love that you did the John C. Riley one. I almost yeah. want to do that episode again for some reason. I just love John C. Riley. We could have, he's been in so much stuff. We can have five completely new roles that we pick. Uh, All right. Hey guys, great to have you back. 
Gotta know one quick thing. I'm thinking about starting a whiskey distillery, and of course, I'd like it to be on the smooth train. Uh, do you have a going rate to make sure that happens? And this is from Tucker in Bethpage, Tennessee. Hmm. I, I don't like the insinuation that we can be bought. No, we can never be bought. But everybody has their price. Correct. Like, what do you think? 40 bucks? <laughs> I think, yeah, maybe like um, pay our SoundCloud subscription for the year and then we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Like $20? I forget. <laughs> no, it's, it's more than that. Oh, is it? It's okay. Like, it's like one something, a hundred oh, and yeah. something. All right. That's, we'll, we'll let you know what that is. It's about a hundred dollars or a little more. And, and two <laughs> bottles of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they got to send us the whiskey for free. I mean, that's a given. Yes. Uh, all right. So now you know the going rate. And if you are uh, distilling a whiskey, um, of course, send us a couple of bottles, send us a couple of Benjamins, and we will review it positively on this podcast. But until next time, uh, that's it for this episode. Be Pimp, do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? Um, I forgot to mention Iron Eagle is also awesome at announcing. I like Iron Eagle. Definitely. Great word of wisdom. All right. This is Amet saying peace out. And beep him. Bye-bye.